The Tragedy of Cinema podcast is intended as a family-friendly program that by extension strives to be inclusive to all people regardless of their ethnicity, gender, creed, or any other identifying factors in this incredibly diverse world of ours. With that said, some of the films we discuss may contain serious subject matters or have content considered morally objectionable by today's standards. We do not intend to condone or dismiss these aspects of these films. But our primary focus will be on what we believe our film succeeds at, some fun facts, and our personal enjoyment factors of each film. With that said, we hope you enjoy the show. Universal Pictures presents everything you always wanted to do in high school with everyone you always wanted to do it with. Hey, bud. Let's party. They're the students of Ridgemont High. Uh Brad Hamilton, the fast food king. I shall serve no fries before their time. It says 100% guaranteed, you moron. Mister, if you don't shut up, I'm going to kick 100% of your ass. Charles Jefferson. A man with a mission. Oh, gnarly! Linda Barrett, not exactly the girl next door. Awesome! Totally awesome! And Jeff surfs up Spicoli. People on lewds should not drive. Times at Ridgemont High. Hey guys, welcome back to the Tragedy Cinema Podcast. I'm your host Jimbo. Today, joined once again by Kyle Zayner. Kyle Zayner in the house. Mm -hmm. Uh, Today, we'll be discussing for episode 116, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Mm -hmm. And high would be an accurate High term, would be right? an accurate term, that's for sure. So, Kyle, before we get started, obviously, I have a question for you. Okay, shoot it. Hit it with me, Jim. Kyle, which movie slash TV show, high school or college, would you see best fit for you to attend? Best fit for me to attend? Oh, gosh. Um... <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's it's funny because it's it's like it's such an immediate like it's an answer that's going to date me specifically to be younger because <laughs> it's like it's probably like Charlie Bartlett or Easy A or something like that too or like like, like high school kids like Charlie. What is those even from? You haven't seen any of those movies? Other movies? Yeah, Easy A with Emma Stone. She was like a big. Uh, no. she was accused of being a whore and. No, I'm gonna, no, I'm going to date myself then. I'd mm-hmm. probably say Rydell High for me, which right. was from Greece. Okay. <laughs> oh, I don't remember the names of the or, uh, movies at all. Or yeah. what about uh, the uh, what was it, uh, Bayside High from uh, Saved by the Bell or whatever it was? <laughs> Gosh. 
you know, drawing details at me in the morning for sure. Like I can't remember, like the high school in Charlie Bartlett. I can't remember. He went to a weird private school. What was that, that one? What like Ned's declassified in one two or something? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, Kyle. Uh, Some obscure Nickelodeon we, show. <laughs> yeah, we decided for this week and next week we were going to do a couple of fun movies. Because after watching Dr. Shivago, man, it really just dragged you, you down. You yourself so, out of the fire. So, yeah, one. we decided to get a little slap happy and have a little fun. Especially mm-hmm. next week's going to be really fun, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, got to bring so, some ridiculous movies into the mix. Yeah, <laughs> so Kyle, go ahead and take it away. All right, we have The Fast Times at Richmond High, released in 1982. Directed by Amy Heckling, written by Cameron Crowe um, for the screenplay and the book. And cinematographer was Matthew E. F. Leo, uh, Leonetti. Um, editor was Edgar Eric Jenkins, and casting director was Don Phillips. Bring up the casting director for this one, though, because this movie is an all-star cast before any of them were all-stars. We'll definitely get to <laughs> a very long cast list here in a few minutes. <laughs> but um, budget for the film was just $4.5 million. Very cheap for back in the day, especially. Opening weekend, it grossed about $2.5 million, so not a big opening weekend. But gross worldwide, it exceeded all expectations and made twenty-seven point one. million million dollars so that's big money for um this uh this uh this uh comedy classic if you will. <laughs> raunchy comedy, Ra- yeah. raunchy comedy cla- there we go raunchy that's the word I, that's the word hits right um for a quick plot summary here it follows a group of high school students growing up in southern california based on the real life ventures chronicled by the cameron by cameron crow stacy hamilton and mark ratner are looking for a love interest and are helped along by their older classmates linda barrett Mark Damon, respectively. The center of the film is helped by Jeff Spicoli, a perpetually stoned surfer dude who faces <laughs> off with the resident Mr. Hand who is convinced that everyone is on dope. Gnarly. <laughs> Gnarly, bro. Shred the narnar. I don't know. Sandy Surfer Terms. I heard Shred the narnar once. And now for the rest of the episode, Kyle will be talking in his surfer yeah, voice. <laughs> so good. But I, 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 <laughs> I would like to see like the cultural analysis of like, the, like did Jess McCauley's character invent all these stereotypes for surfers, or like how much of it was real from the start? I have no idea, you know. But I feel like a lot of like the framework for like when you think of dumb surfer, dude, you think of Jeff McCauley from Fast Times. Uh, moving on here, we have the oh, uh, where did I put the awards at? Ah, was there even any? Awards oh wait, there was not? one award. Yes, there was one award. Okay, <laughs> gotta make sure there's only one. That's why we highlight our notes, Kyle. We highlight our notes. Yeah, well, who's got time to highlight notes when you can just be busy being tired all the time? Um, that's me. <laughs> not, not Jimbo. Um, for the awards, in 2005, it was added to the National Film Registry Preservation um, Board. Um, so, 2005. So, this is a film that America's like, we're keeping this one. Like, cool. <laughs> yeah, awesome stuff there. Awesome. Radical, bro. <laughs> Technical details. We have a runtime of just 90 minutes. Uh, 95, the credits of the movie. Um, sound mix. This is a mono um, audio film, so don't worry about the surround sound speakers, guys. Your regular TV speakers work just fine because <laughs> you're getting the same quality regardless. Um, color info. This is a color film. I would hope so, considering it was released in 1982. Aspect ratio. We have 1.85 by 1. So a little bit wider than the, the typical. Um, well, actually, that's about the same, about sixteen by nine, roughly. Um, one point eight five by one conversion rates to your math kits be fine. Um, camera, we're using an UltraCam thirty five. Um, bit of believe that's on the cheaper side of most cameras used back in the day, but not inexpensive. You're still a professional if you get an UltraCam, but still, that's how it worked out. Um, negative format, thirty five millimeters. Process. 
Spherical. Again, <laughs> process is spherical. See, so you hear Shout that? Pat, our toast. We we let Kyle listen to yeah. you trying to say spherical. Oh, um, if you want to hear my dad stumble through that and have a good laugh, go back and just listen to the, just the last Universal Monster uh, series show we did on Son of Frankenstein, and you'll get a good chuckle. All, so, all love you, fun. Dad. Uh, all, all in good fun, Jimbo's dad. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> um, what's your here? Uh, we have. Oh, um, Pacific release date actually is August 13th of 1982. So this was a summer film back in the day. Awesome stuff. Good time for that. Summer, yeah, it's a blockbuster of its time. <laughs> in its own way, for a raunchy comedy to be that successful is still insane. Um, quick shout out to the soundtrack of the film. We have some films like something like Raised on the Radio, um, performed by um, Rivens, Somebody's Baby by Jackson Brown, Love Rules by Don Henley, and Waffle Stomp by Joe Walsh. We also have like Never Surrender and a bunch of other little small songs. The movie had an excellent little soundtrack that I appreciate dearly. Then moving on to the biggest portion of the list we have going on here, we have the cast of Fast Times at Richmond High. I'm trying to do like basically like one movie per actor here, just why I print it off, and uh, then we'll go on for. So of course we have the legendary Sean Penn playing Jeff Spicoli, the, <laughs> the perpetually um, um, uh, wasted. <laughs> Hi as a kite, Jeff Spicoli, surfer dude. Uh, Sean Penn been in many, many films. Uh, a lot of controversial history around him as well. But Sean Penn also like Mystic River in 2003. One film for him right there. Next up, we have Jennifer Jason Lee playing Stacey Hamilton. She was in the film um, pretty, pretty recently, The Hateful Eight in 2015. Then we have Judge Renald playing Brad Hamilton. Um, Judge Renald was also in movies like Beverly Hills Cop in 1984. Then we have Robert Romanes, see, spherical, <laughs> played, played Mike, De, like Mike Damone. Um, he was in the film The Runaways in 2010. Then we have Brian Backer playing Mark the Rat Ratner. Um, he was in the film Loser in 2000. Then we have Phoebe Cates playing Linda Barrett. Uh, Phoebe Cates was also in the film Drop Dead Fred in 1991. Then we have Raoul Watson playing Mr. Hand. He was in the film Popeye with Robin Williams in 1980. He's Popeye's dad, I do Popeye's, believe. Yeah, I believe so. I, yes, you are. <laughs> I haven't watched a movie in forever. I was a kid when I watched a movie. We need to, we need to do that for the podcast. Popeye, we got, we got to add that to the backlog and bring it up a little bit. <laughs> for sure. I don't think we even added that to a list recently, but like that's a that's a, that's a a film lost to time. No one watched that movie when it was it a musical. Out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it, it was terrible. Oh, yeah, no, no. I, I, <laughs> rightfully so, it got buried. But still, it's worth going back to it. Because like, can you believe this really happened? They made a Popeye movie with Robin Williams? Like, on paper, like, this could work. But like, no, it didn't. He looked, he looked all right. Yeah, he did. He got the arms. They were like, <laughs> they were like <laughs> it was so weird. <laughs> but also... Wow, so good. You just know everyone involved really believed in that project right up until they released. And it's like, oh no. <laughs> uh, it's like a Jar Jar Binks of its era. <laughs> um, next up, we have um, uh, oh, um, Vincent Chevalier playing Mr. Vargas. Uh, Vincent Chevalier was also in the film Tomorrow Never Dies in 1997. I think, isn't he also the guy that's in Ghost as the... Uh the guy on the subway. Uh, oh yes, he is. That's right. He yes, he has that incredibly long face. Yeah. He, yeah, I forget. Like he has like long hands and long face, and like he has a very distinctive look. Great teacher in the movie too. <laughs> kind of. He's kind of weird. Are you in my class today? today I, I am. am. <laughs> <laughs> we just want him in the scene, right? Yeah, sure. He's not written into it. It's fine. 
<laughs> Roll with it. Just tell Sean Penn, just ad lib it. Today I am. That's good enough. <laughs> this one had to be a lot of fun to make, I'm sure. Next up, we have Amanda Wise playing the character Lisa. Amanda Wise is also in the film The Id in 2015. The Id? The Id. Or is it the ID? The, uh, well, the ID, so Id. Like, <laughs> like Id, like Id software, the mixture is of Doom. That's why I'm saying the Id, because that's why I see Id, and I'm like, okay. Or it could be the ID. It could be the name of that movie. <laughs> But it does capital I, lowercase d, so I'm thinking it's id, and not id as an identification. Or id. Id. It could be id. Gosh. <laughs> the English language is so hard. You never know how anything's pronounced in the world. <laughs> and that's my excuse for why no one can say spherical. <laughs> um, next up, we have D.W. Brown playing Ron Johnson. Um, D.W. Brown was also in the film The Haunting in Connecticut remake in 2009. The Haunting in Connecticut. I feel like they've done like five of those or something like that, too. I'm thinking of... Uh, no, there's always like a Haunting of Emily Rose. Oh, yeah. Haunting Emily. in Connecticut. What's the house? American one? Haunting. What's the house? The classic house? Amityville Horror. Amityville Horror. There's like 20 of those movies now or something like that. <laughs> it's insane. Um, next up, we have Forrest Whitaker playing Charles Jefferson, the football player. <laughs> <laughs> that they... Spicoli crashes his car. Just completely wrecks And he it. destroys. He's <laughs> like, listen, my uncle's got a bunch of tools. I can totally fix it. You <laughs> can't like, fix this. I can fix it, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I, can, I can fix it. Like, dude, So no. they basically sabotage the other team and put the, the, you know. Brilliant move of just completely, like. Uh, and he just destroys the other football team. Exactly. Like, 42 to nothing, remember? I love how they put a real good bow around that scene. It was like, I can fix it. Like, no, the obviously can fix it. So you just, yeah, frame the other team. And then it makes four. Whitaker's character is so mad he just completely wrecks the whole other team <laughs> yeah. just rah, jumping up just like activating his superpowers Force Whitaker powers <laughs> yeah Force Whitaker also of course uh, for us best known actually for his 2006 film The Last King of Scotland um, I always think of him in the movie um, Phenomenon um, that's where I was thinking where he was like uh, yeah. co-starring with John Travolta when John Travolta was getting his genius powers that were killing him <laughs> that was kind of a fun thing great Force Whitaker awesome actor um, next up we have Kelly Maroney playing Cindy. Um, Kelly Maroney was also in the film Night of the Comet in 1984. Next up here, we're going to get through the list of people with names that have their um, no um, picture on them. So, <laughs> Well, have them there's one actors. that you already forgot. Nicholas Cage is uh, in it. Nicholas Cage is in there. He's a little further down the list because he only has like one little like probably less than 20 seconds of screen time. But I think right. he's like eating a sandwich at one of the restaurants. But I got him in the list. Somewhere in here, I know I wrote them down. It, it, it might not say Cage, it might say it does, it does, Nick, uh, whatever the other word, yeah, Nicholas C- Coppola, KG, <laughs> yeah, okay, oh, oh, yeah, that's right, because his real name, yeah, okay. Um, where was I? Was I, oh, yeah, uh, Ken Kelly Maroney, and yep, not the comment. Next up, we have Tom Nolan playing Dennis Taylor. Um, Tom Nolan was also in the movie Pretty Woman in 1990, another film we've covered, um, in the this year, I believe, in uh, these podcasts. Next up, we have Blair Tifkin playing Pat Bernardo. Blair Tifkin was also in the movie V in 1984. Then we have Eric Stoltz playing Stoner Bud. He was Eric Stoltz was in <laughs> Pulp Fiction in 1994, another movie we carried just this year. Next up, we have Stanley Davis Jr. playing Jefferson's younger brother. Um, he's like, you can't fix his car, man. Awesome, good, good actor. Um, Stanley Davis Jr. was also in the film Leon the Pig Farmer in 1992. <laughs> what? Never heard of that film ever. <laughs> Never heard of the Pig Farmer in a movie title. That's that's uh, that's interesting. Maybe it's great. I have no idea. <clears throat> 
Oh, excuse my cough. Next up, we have James Russo playing the robber at the end of the movie. Um, you see here, um, James Russo was awesome in the film Not a Stranger in 2018. Very recent. Um, haven't seen the movie Not a Stranger, but maybe it was good. Next up, we have James Bolt playing Greg. Um, James Bolt was also in the movie Atrocity in 2006. Oh, next up here, we have, there we go, Nicolas Cage, as listed as Nicolas Coppola, um, playing Brad's Bud, um, for like one quick little cut, cutaway, not even a scene, he's sitting for like a cutaway, he's like, oh, that, is that Nicolas well, Cage? Well, yeah, isn't he one of the guys that, uh, I don't think he, he got the, that he got the job for? The one guy that got fired, he got Clean. those two guys as the jo- the job. Oh, yeah, I think you're right, yeah, when you talk to you, because... Yeah, because they got hired on later. Right. But he, I don't think he talks at all in the whole film. I don't uh, think he, yeah, I think there's one scene, and then, yeah, then that one character. Damone, maybe? Uh, uh, Judge Reynolds' character, uh, Brad Hamilton, yeah. got him the job. and yeah, But that's just all implied. That's not even seen in the movie about them getting them the job. It's just like they walk into the restaurant without shirts, and all of a sudden, I got a job now. Yay. <laughs> Yeah, Nicholas Cage's little role there is uh, a fun little thing because you just you barely recognize him in the film. He's like, he's like, oh yeah, that that forehead, that's that's his forehead, <laughs> bro, <brawl>, right? <laughs> Which is a weird thing you don't even realize you recognize that in that actor. But sure enough, like, yep, that's him. <laughs> All right, so moving on from Nicholas Cage, um, of course, also he was in the movie Face Off and Con Air and a bunch of other films that we. We've all seen Nicolas Cage films. If you watch movies, you've seen Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Next up, we have Reginald Farmer playing the vice principal of the school. Reginald Farmer was also in the film National Poon's Animal House, another classic raunchy comedy for the era. Uh, well, 1978 to 1982, so just four years later that movie got made. So, yeah, he's getting typecast in the role. <laughs> Next up, we have Anthony Edwards playing the other stoner bud to Nicolas Cage. Um, Anthony Edwards was on the ER movie in 1994. ER TV series. ER TV series. You're correct. ER. <laughs> oh, I don't make distinctions. It's all films to me. <laughs> it's fine. Next up, we have Pamela Springsteen playing Dina Phillips. Pamela Springsteen was also in the movie Sleepaway Camp 3, Teenage Wasteland. That's also uh, Bruce Springsteen's wife. Oh, wow. Cool. That's my last name. Next up, we have Stuart Cornfield playing the Pirate King. Stuart Cornfield was awesome. <laughs> Stuart Cornfield was also in the film Old School in 2003. Oh, man. I think it was like one of the first like real raunchy comedies I watched as a kid <laughs> and didn't really understand what was going on. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Sonny Carl Davis playing the businessman as Sonny Davis. Um, Sonny Carl Davis was also in the film Thelma and Louise in 1991. Next up, we have Michael Weil playing Brad's bud again, one of uh, Brad's mini buds in the film. He was uh, also in the film Full Blast 2 in 1991. Next up here, I'm going to really start trimming the list a little bit to get the time moving and get through all these names. We have Patrick Brennan playing Curtis Spicoli. Patrick Brennan was also in the film Dark Room in 1981. Then we have Stu Nathan playing Stu Nahan. (laughs) (laughs) Stu Nahan was also in the film Rocky 3 in 1982. Dwayne Tucker playing Dr. Brandt. Dwayne Tucker was also in the film Ginger in 1971. Martin Brust in um, Martin Brust was playing the role of Dr. Miller. Martin Brust was also in the film Scent of Woman in 1992. Now, let's hear Martin Brust. Brust is spelled B R E S T. You would say Brust, right? That's what yes. I said. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm thinking Brust, but. Yeah. Or B Rest. <laughs> yeah, B Rest. Yeah, Mr. B Rest. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> just a hip hop I'm glad we're having I'm glad we're having fun today because after Mr. B-Rest I'm glad we're having fun today because after Dr. Shivago we needed something like this exactly 
Oh, okay, and I think that is the <laughs> Mr. B-Rest is the finale for our uh, cast list of Fast Times at Richmond High, so we're going to leave it up there. There's still a lot more people he could have went through. A lot of people had to X out just because like, they're either like the ticket customer or the pizza guy <laughs> or the beautiful lady you saw in the car. Or, like, that's, like, that's like They're all roles. Some of them had roles later on, too, but I mean, it's like... <laughs> and if you... Um, if you're driving around the Indianapolis area today, uh, going south on 65, you might see Kyle dressed in a full pirate costume. <laughs> exactly. Always, always. Yeah. All right, Kyle, let's talk yeah. a little bit about this trivia because um, one thing everyone needs to know about this movie before we get started, just like uh, Animal House, this is an R-rated movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, the uh, the director actually was going to go uh, full frontal on some Mel... Uh, nudity too, and it was going to. They had to trim it back so it didn't get the X rating. So, uh, just be careful uh, when you watch this movie. So, mm-hmm. so Nicholas Cage, as we uh, talked about, uh, he was actually considered for the role of Brad Hamilton, but the studio thought his performance was too dark. <laughs> it's like really, uh, but he was only seventeen at the time. He lied about his age and said he was eighteen because um, they couldn't. He wouldn't be able to work as many hours as a as a because of the labor yeah. loss, right? Uh, so Nicholas Cage uh, lied about his age so they could get a bigger part. Mm-hmm. That's funny. <laughs> uh, there was uh, several alternate takes of uh, several scenes uh, shot to be used for broadcast television because they couldn't show uh, oh, yeah, what the theater showed. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, they said this is also Nicholas Cage's uh, first time he's appeared under Nicholas Coppola for the first and only time until 2022's The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Oh, I didn't even catch that in the current credits because I watched a movie pretty recently too, and uh, I didn't notice that. That's you don't really cool. pay attention a lot, do you? Never, never. Thanks, <laughs> noticing. Wait, why'd you why'd you ask me? Thanks, for noticing <laughs> that detail, dude. <laughs> uh, cameo: Nancy Wilson, who is the wife of writer Cameron Crowe and Hart band member, appears as the woman in the car beside Brad's, laughing at his pirate costume. costume yeah. Uh, the role of Mister Hand was originally offered to Fred Gwynn. Do you know who Fred Gwynn was? No, I don't. Tell me about Herman Munster. Herman Munster. He was also oh, in. Um, he was also in. Um, what's the one where the kid get, uh, Pet Cemetery, where he played the uh, the. Uh, oh, okay. I do remember Pet yes. Cemetery. I wasn't a big Munster guy, but he turned day. it down due to his ob- objections over the tone of the sexual content in the film. Was he which, original um, Herman Munster, or was he one of the like the when they did the movies? The he's the original. The original one. Okay, just make sure. Uh, the mascot of Ridgemont High is the wolf, which is the same mascot of Van News High School, where most of the school scenes were shot in Van News, California. How awfully convenient. It's almost yeah, like they saw that and were like, let's roll with Stacey it. Stacy <laughs> works at Perry's Pizza. Jennifer Jason Lee actually worked at Perry's Pizza for a month after she got the role of Stacy Hamilton, but before filming began. <laughs> so, <laughs> it all comes back around. Right. Like, I know I know the routine. I know how this whole thing works. Okay, you know, this no, is how real doing it wrong. Does. Exactly. <laughs> the actor knows best kind of moments. I'm like, no, no, I, I get that. I did this before. <laughs> I know a lot of this a lot of this movie takes place in the uh, <laughs> We ain't gonna get all choked up about Sorry. it. Sorry, uh, uh, a lot of this movie takes place inside of a mall, and I thought it was really cool. You know, what I mean, like like the pizza place, she could look out and see the theater, the movie theater. You know what I mean? And uh, it's just really interesting. Uh, I love malls. The old malls were really great. Yeah, it's such a lost little part of the world. You know. Uh, when Ratner is getting dating advice from Damone in Damone's bedroom, Ratner is wearing a t-shirt for the movie Popeye, which starred Ray Watson, who played Popeye Senior, and then Mr. Hand. So. Uh, the mall scenes, as we were just talking about, were filmed at the Sherman Oaks Galleria. It was damaged by an earthquake in 1994, but still stood until 1998. 
1988. I know, I know. I'm trying to drink some water here and clear it up a little bit. When it was renovated and extensively redesigned by the architectural firm of Gensler for developer Douglas Emmett. Other than the parking structure, nothing recognizable from the 1980s era mall remains, the building having been converted from an enclosed multi-story space to an open, mostly single-story mall. Mm Mm-hmm. It's such a lost shit. That's just that cultural of America thing. Like how much we just lost malls altogether. Because like <coughs> now I cough way too much, and also now we just have Walmart and then places like that. Or we have Amazon Prime. We don't have like just malls anymore. The kids can go around and be miscreants. Except in. we got a mall less than a mile from where we're at. Or two miles. We have a mall, but how many other malls we got? Right. <coughs> you other, you other, okay. I'm, I'm trying. I'm drinking water. I'm trying to clear it up as best I can. My apologies. Um, seasonal um, allergies. Just gonna blame it on. But yeah, the next nearest mall is like an hour and a half, like you know, south of that. If you want to go in that mall, so it's like you know, malls are few and far between nowadays. That's sad. Kyle, we have three of them here in the Indianapolis area. Four of them. Jimbo, I'm trying to make a point. If you could just stop stomping it out. Jeez. <laughs> Mall uh, culture kind of died. Oh, thanks. Sean you. Penn <laughs> extinguished a cigarette in the palm of his hand in order to better understand his character, Jeff Spicoli. <laughs> what has that got to do with anything? I don't know, but the trick is not to mind the pain. It's like Lawrence of the Arabia in the match. <laughs> the trick is not to mind the pain. See? Sean Penn. Uh, during shooting of the film, Sean Penn got so into character that he only answered as Spicoli. In fact, the door on his dressing room was labeled Spicoli instead of Sean Penn. Mm-hmm. Do I need to pause it, Kyle, so you can take care of something? Just for a minute, no. All right, hang on. We'll take a short break. All right, we're back. Kyle we're back finally to, got rid of his hairball. Back to my coughing but fit. He's getting ready to start coughing again anyway. Exactly. I can already tell. This give us two seconds. I'll start coughing again. It'd be funny. <laughs> uh, Universal didn't think this film would become a hit. In fact, the studio had thought about not releasing it on the East Coast so that the film would die quickly at the box office. Oh, my gosh. This is ranked as number two on Entertainment's Weekly of 50 Best High School Movies as of 2006. I understand that entirely. Yeah. Uh, Sean M. Sean M. Sean Penn improvised during his takes and tried to find ways to aggravate actor Way Watson, who played Mr. Hand, even off camera. He also did things to get genuinely startled reactions from the extras who played his classmates throughout uh, or through unexpected improvisions. <laughs> Intentionally trying to be a class clown, you know, even for the studio. That's funny. Uh, the mall scenes were shot during the night from when the mall closed at 9.30 to when it opened at 9. The two kids who uh, demoned scalps, the tickets who were under 18, and due to labor laws couldn't film past certain hours, so they only had a 10-minute window to shoot their scenes. <laughs> Works. Like, listen, just do this. Like, well, it's good because you give them the awkward scenarios. Like, listen, just say your lines, get it done. So they look awkward in the scene. So it works. It hits it helps right. the scene. <laughs> so near the beginning of this movie, right after Mr. Hand sends Spicoli to the front office for being late to class, Mr. Hand passes out class schedules of quizzes. After the paper is passed out, the students put the page up to their noses and deeply inhale. Did you ever do that, Kyle? No. <laughs> oh, dude, you don't know what you're missing. This is probably original in the 60s, 70s, 80s. As photocopy machines were very expensive, so ditto machines were used. The resulting copies did not get you high, but they smell so good. So every time you had the, the freshly, you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You missed out, Kyle. You missed out. I was just never really into it. I, 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 I have had, like, ditto copied paper before. I've smelled it before. Is I've just never really thought of it as, like, like something to write home. Like, it's paper. <laughs> Whatever, Kyle. Millennial. Uh, filming lasted five weeks. So this was all shot in five weeks. Five weeks. All right, here we go. Some of the actors who auditioned for roles... Uh, Okay. Ralph Macchio. <laughs> it's for Jeff Spagoli? The Karate Kid. No, it's just who oh, else? Just the, the I think there's are. some later on that the, the it'll say who they... Oh, yeah. Well, the Karate Kid definitely could have been like easily one of the cast members of... Matthew Fast Broderick. Matthew Broderick. Oh, yeah. They're perfect. Right for the age. Right. Like, you Meg like, Tilly. Meg Tilly, yep. Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. Lori Laughlin. Yep. 
Elizabeth Shue, mm-hmm. Kelly Preston, yeah, Rosanna Arquette, agreed. Carrie Fisher, no, no I'm kidding. <laughs> yes, uh, Ali Sheedy, <laughs> Ali Sheedy, Carrie Fisher. Wow, cool. I would love to see in this film. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Ali Sheedy. Mm-hmm. Yes, I approve. Oh, and DB Sweeney, DB Sweeney. Yeah, I can. I, I can see them all. In all perfect for the time. Like, yeah, they could all play a kid. <laughs> uh, the script caused a controversy because some actual first names of the uh, Claremont High School students were used in Cameron Crowe scripts. So they actually, whoops, he actually had kids' names after where they were. <laughs> wow. Um, Jennifer Jason Lee's father, Vic Morrow, died in a helicopter accident on the set of The Twilight Zone, the movie, about three weeks before the U.S. release of Fast Times. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Sad event there. Yeah. Not uh, the film. <laughs> Jodie Foster was considered to play Stacy, but was not interested in the role due to her commitment at Yale. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Well, I think Jodie Foster made the wrong tree. <laughs> and, and we never heard about Jodie Foster again. <laughs> that would be the thing. He's like, no, no, I think she was right to go to Yale. <laughs> Um, both Brooke Shields and Ellen Barkland reportedly turned down an offer to play Stacy, which is hilarious because at the end of the film, the credit states that Jeff Spicoli rescued Brooke Shields from drowning. <laughs> uh, and a twist of irony, a girl who resembled Shields named Elise Carey Merrill, who went to high school with Mike uh, Johansson, gave him her telephone number about 10 months after this movie was released and much to his regret. He never called her. Oh, Johnson said that. Also said that Mark Ratner in the, uh, is the character who reminds him of the most of himself when he was in high school. Diane Lane auditioned for the role of Stacy. Oh, Diane Lane would be great. My, Melanie Griffith and Tatum O'Neill were considered for the role of Linda. Justine Bateman was offered the role of Linda but declined. It said she preferred to star in the TV series Family Ties, which ran for seven years. Yeah, so, so great choice on there. Like, sure, she got her money. Seven year show, yeah. You know, still getting residuals to this day, I'm sure. Tom Hanks was considered for the role of Brad. Two years later, he was cast uh, to star in another popular raunchy sex comedy, Bachelor Party in 1994. I've never seen Bachelor Party. No. Is it an excellent film? Well, have we might have it? to cover it. Yeah, it's been it. a while, but I've seen yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ralph Macchio was asked for a role, but he demanded a salary the director couldn't afford. Yeah, that makes sense. Eric like. Stoltz auditioned for the role of Jeff. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, this is this is a this is a really weird one. So there's a cameo by Lena Clarkson. Do you know who that was? She uh, played Mr. Vargas's right. wife. Oh yes. Um, in, in the uh, high school dance scene, mm-hmm. Clarkson. Oh yeah, I remember. Was, <laughs> was like wow. Clarkson was murdered by. Music producer Phil Spector on February second, two thousand three. She is younger than Jennifer Jason Lee, who plays a student, uh, I guess, in this movie. Um, and it's really weird because there's some uh, at the end of the credit scenes. Phil Spector mm-hmm. got credits in the end scene for uh, for some sort of music they used or something, and she's in there. So you have the murderer and and the yeah murderer victim. victim yes, the murderer, the murderess. She's <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> Although Ron okay, Johnson uh, is portrayed as much older than Stacy, actor D.W. Brown is actually only seven months older than Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, Ray Watts, uh, Watson at, was at that time best known for his role as Uncle Martin in My Favorite Martian. Unfortunately, Watson, like many actors of that era, was typecast in the role and couldn't book serious roles until the decade ended. Uh, Walston said that after the release of this film, he'd be walking down the street and young people would see him and shout, Mr. Hand! 
Walter was grateful that as it finally meant that he had torn away from being only associated with, with playing Uncle Martin. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I like I like I don't know if that's really gotten better or not. What do you think? Like, do you think actors still get typecast the same way they used to, like twenty or thirty, even forty years? As well, ago? I mean, if you see Robert Downey Jr. walking down the street, you go say, "Hey, Robert Downey Jr." You go say, "Hey, Iron Man." I think there's like Johnny well, Depp walking that, down the street. You go say, "Hey, role. Captain Jack." But it's not like everyone's going to cast Robert Downey Jr. as a new like you know as a new like. Millionaire in a tech suit, a billionaire in a tech suit now. It has to be billionaires now. Um, who you would know, you? Like, uh, that's a good question. Who would you say is a typecast person these days? <sighs> that's the, that's the thing where I think, I think like I think like because getting typecast I think is overall a bad thing for many actors in their careers. So it's like I, I think actors do a lot to try and avoid that now. But like uh, I remember like Seth Rogen always like. I feel like there was, like, a... I feel like he did it intentionally for himself because he actually leaned into it. But, like, there was, like, a decade where, he like, he was the guy who... He was the main character's best friend who smoked a lot of weed. That's every role Seth Rogen played for, like, a decade of his career. Uh, um, I guess... I guess I would say, if, if we're going to typecast, I would guess I would say Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler? That's... Because yeah. I don't know if I've really seen him in a serious movie to... Uh, and, I haven't, and, I haven't and seen and him. He has the chops to play a serious role, but like, yeah. And I like, guess Click was kind of a serious, but even Fifty First Dates, you know, they were kind of more serious roles, but they were still Adam Sandler roles, comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, so I think that's probably one I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that is the disparity, like from, from comedy to serious. They can't go back and forth. They have to either play a comedy or a serious character moving right. forward. Yeah, but I think that's like overall, it's a. Uh, I don't know. We can maybe make that in a real talk someday. Right, that yeah, sounds like, good. Let's do it. <laughs> Uh, Phoebe Cates was the youngest uh, in the cast at age 18, not including Nicolas Cage, who lied about his age. Uh, Linda likes older men. Phoebe Cates would later marry Kevin Klein, who is 15 years older than she is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, according to Amy Heckling, Sean Penn and Powell's were actually smoking marijuana in the van as he exited for the prom. Not surprising at all. <laughs> uh, this is Nicolas Cage's first paid role. Hmm. Okay, here's one, Kyle. Don't laugh. Okay. Okay. I guarantee you Kyle was going to laugh at this, but I'm going to see how long it takes him not to laugh. Considered for the role of Spicoli, wait for it, Christopher Reeve. I'm holding it. I'm holding it. I'm holding it. I'm holding it. I did. I did. It's a, a brief escape of air, but it, the mic probably didn't catch it, so they're going to miss it. That's what we need to. We need to maintain the illusion, Jimbo, that I, I didn't laugh at all. I'm still could he have pulled it off? Snapped. It's laughing. Yeah, I'm laughing. <laughs> no, he would have pulled it off gracefully. That's great. That's just, I, uh, I want to see that movie more than anything else now. <laughs> the man of steel. The man of steel. I don't know, man. That would have been so terrible. That would have been great. Are you kidding me? That's great, Christopher Reeve. Uh, Matthew Broderick turned out being typecast at that point. I was the man of steel, and I was the stoner bro. Well, and that, Christopher Reeve was being typecast usually around that point because oh, you know uh, yeah, he was, he was Superman. Yeah, he Superman. said he couldn't yeah. even try to break away from that, but he wanted to do other things in acting, and he's done somewhere in time. He's done uh, a lot of good movies. Okay, after yeah, that, he's but, had a great career, I think. Uh, Matthew Broderick turned down the role of Brad Hamilton when his father became terminally ill. Um, there was a short-lived TV series, Fast Times, which was spun off from this movie. I never saw it. Never seen it. I'm probably going to say it, but it wasn't worth watching. <laughs> the world-famous Fast Times at Ridgemont High Volkswagen bus is now owned by Kyle Zayner. No, no. Oh. By Robert Skinner, who operates Skinner Classics Volkswagen Restorations in Vacaville, V-A-C-A-V-I-L-L-E, California. 
Mr. Skinner welcomes visitors to stop by and have their picture taken with the bus. So, oh. Kyle, road trip? I feel like it would have been either him or Nicholas Cage himself would have bought that stuff. <laughs> no, that's Nicholas Cage's everyday driving car. <laughs> <laughs> he drives every day. On the weekends, they share custody of the van. <laughs> uh, when Stacy meets Ron Johnson at Perry's and asks how old she is, she tells him she's 19. A lie as a character, Stacy was supposed to be 15. However, mm-hmm. actress Jennifer Jason Lee was in reality 19 when the movie was filmed, so... She looks very young. She does. She does, and that's what makes that was something that seemed like I feel really uncomfortable during this scene. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is a uh, this is going to be a long. And mm-hmm. most critics liked this movie when it came out. However, the movie is now almost universally held as a classic. But world renowned critic Roger Ebert, Roger Ebert, he was going to get Roger slam the movie. Giving it only one star and basically dismissing it as a vulgar teen exploration pick, which it is. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> and here we go. Here's the quote. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. And we'll get Kyle's thoughts after this. The movies, uh, or the, the movies, another one of those adolescent sex romps such as Porky's and Animal House, in which part of the humor comes from raunchy situations and dialogue. This movie is so raunchy, however, that the audience can't quite believe it. I went to a sneak preview thrown by a rock radio station, and the audience had uh, come for a good time. But during a scene involving some extremely frank talk about certain popular methods of sexual behavior, even the rock fans were grossed out. There's a difference between raunchiness and uh, gynecological detail. The movie uh, cast struggles valiantly through all of this dreck. Rarely have I seen so many attractive young performers invited uh, to appear in so many unattractive scenes. Lay, for example, plays a virginal young student at Ridgemont High. She's curious about sex, so the script immediately turns her into a promiscuous sex machine who will go to bed with anybody. And then her sexual experiences all turn out to have an unnecessary element of realism. Um, What he's talking about there is the The abortion abortion scene. scene, Uh, So that we have to see her humiliated, disappointed, and embarrassed. Whatever happened to upbeat sex? Whatever happened to love and lust and romance and disappointed and embarrassed? Whatever happened to, uh, or sorry, yeah, whatever happened to upbeat sex, he says again. Uh, whatever happened to love and lust and romance and disappointed and embarrassed? Oh, sorry, I said that twice. I, mm-hmm. Double line. Man, he's got the three times in here. Um, and uh, whatever happened to scenes of worth good looking, he's had a little joy and excitement in life instead of all this grungy, downbeat humiliation. Why does someone uh, as pretty as Lee have to have her nudity exploited in shots where the only point is to show her ill at ease? Okay. Uh, there's a lot there. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to unpack um, there, which I have to agree with a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think like I think Roger Ebert is actually probably ahead of his time in many respects there on that kind of take, and I agree with him most um, um, rightly. Um, I think this movie has dated itself kind of like a lot by some of the uh, like like cultural things of like what we consider to be like okay and not okay um, during a lot of this film, um, and I largely agree with them. But same time, I feel like this film does a lot to like you know um, I think at the beginning of like the first twenty or thirty minutes of this film is trying to like hook in young kids who think this is what all about being high schooler and being rambunctious is like, and then the next. You know, later two thirds of that film or half that film is then making fun of those exact same kids of like how like those things can like get you in trouble and like really mess you up in a lot of bad ways, like having to get an abortion, being sexually promiscuous, and like that too. Where it's like, um, like it's like yeah, it, like it's okay to get involved in some of these like dumber things kids are involved in, but also there could be serious consequences that you don't really you know initially mm-hmm. expect. So I think like 
part of it is like like oh yeah look we're having these kids all do these dumb things but then also like the consequences can really really suck and be a huge downer um, for these kids and I think the film tries to do that semi successfully I think I got the vibe from that in the film and I think that works for me but I think um, Roger Ebert's take is also still like like that's perfectly fair from him mm-hmm. as well and Roger Ebert's like, and usually I don't really care what the critics say because they'll they'll bash on movies that I like mm-hmm. or. If I don't like a movie, they think it's the greatest movie I, ever made. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I always like, just like, like, uh, for me, like, I'm always a good reviewer isn't like a reviewer that I agree with. It's a reviewer that I understand. You know, like, when I understand exactly what he has a problem with the film or understand exactly what he means and, like, we're not that, like, tells me if I'll enjoy the film, that's a good, you know, a critic in my mind. Um, but so I don't, I, I triply try not to dismiss any critics at all. Like, I try to listen to as many critics as I can because, like, if I can understand what they mean when they say, like, I don't like it for this or that reason and I understand why and I know if I can overcome that, then I can watch the film and enjoy it or not, then, like, that's great. Um, so that's what kind of, like, what I look for. And Roger Ebert usually fits that bill pretty like, wholeheartedly. So, like uh, Rob Lowe wrote it in his autobiography that he sought to audition for the film but was unable to get a meeting with the filmmakers. So, Rob I think Lowe. he could have fit in there, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when Brad arrives at All American Burger, he throws the French fries into the garbage can and says, "I shall sell no fries before their time." <laughs> do you know what that's referencing, Kyle? No, I do not. What this is a reference to a popular television commercial for Paul Mason wine from the late '70s and early '80s, starring Orson Welles. Where at the end of the commercial, Orson says, "We shall serve no wine before it's time." Before it's time. So, <laughs> <laughs> quoting Orson Welles in the Fast Times film, that's great. I like that. <laughs> Uh, Sean Penn gave numerous takes for his oh gnarly line at the organ removal scene using different expressions and universal throughout the footage in 1985. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. You want all those quotes, Sean Penn. Uh, Vans, the shoes worn by Sean Penn's character surfer Jeff Spicoli and were featured on the cover of the Fast Time soundtrack. Vans sold millions of the checkerboard model uh, worn by Penn. They had no idea the film would be such a boon for the company, Steve Van Dorn said. A lot of movie and everywhere. Like, it gave me, like, a cultural zeitgeist to the film. Like, even if you didn't watch the film, there's an influence for it everywhere now in a weird way. Uh, according to Amy Heckelberg, Phoebe Cates was initially reluctant to carry out her character's poolside top the scene at the house in West Beverly Hills because she thought the neighbors might be spying on the set from the surrounding rooftops. Mm-hmm. Heckling jokes with her that, hey, millions of people are going to see you naked when the film comes out, so a couple of neighbors see you should be a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, on the first day of class, Mr. Hans says to Stacey Hamilton and Jennifer Jason Lee, you wouldn't want me coming to your house on your time to discuss American history. Later in the movie, he does precisely that. He goes to Jeff Spicoli's house to discuss American history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like when Spicoli's yeah. trying to tell him about, you know, the, the treaty or whatever. He goes, well, like, Washington dude, basically, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kyle. Kyle's writing something down. Yeah, right. That's right. That writes me down so I wouldn't cover in the audio so I wouldn't have to say it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Here you go, Kyle. Amy Heckler stated that she got Phoebe Case to overcome her fear of doing the topless scene by assuring the actress it would only be for a few seconds and thus wouldn't allow much people time to stare. However, ironically, in the following years during the era of video home, uh, videotape home video, it became a running joke at many video rental stores that copies of Fast Times at Ridgemont High often suffered a predictable flicker during the topless moment in question because many renters had paused the video on that shot, causing excessive wear. <laughs> the VHS wear, take, the uh, damage on the locations. Yeah, right. So, so there you have it, Kyle. Give me your thoughts on Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Ridgemont High, dude. Well, 
I would say it's it's no longer a film where like I feel like young high schoolers need to watch *Bring Your Timber Junior High* to get like a, a sense of the culture. Like it's now a film of its era for sure. So like if you're interested in watching a film from that era and getting a feel of the general like how the cultural viewed itself, I think it's excellent and well worth like film history. And it's still a funny film overall if you can overlook some of the more raunchier details that have aged a little more poorly than the others. But uh, overall, I think it's an enjoyable film that's uh, worth watching for um, adult audiences, especially for, you know, R-rated, like, you know, if you're in your mid-20s, the 30s, like, this is a film you'll probably enjoy and find something kind of meaningful and fun to watch out of. Um, but uh, overall, it's no longer, you know, it's no longer that movie for the, like, you know, sneak into the theater when you're 17 and watch this film because you can't watch R-rated movies or whatever. <laughs> or 16, whatever. Um, so that's definitely not that film anymore. But still, like, overall, good film. Jimbo, how do you feel about it? <sighs> I, you're gonna be a little harsher than me, probably. Because mm-hmm. um, like know, a mean we, we watched we watched this to cover the podcast. We watched Animal House to cover this on the pod or to cover it on the podcast. It's just uh, uh, the word I'm trying to. I don't know. It's just very, uh, you know. Is is that really how high school was? No, I, I feel like how they it's how it's how they wanted it to be in their mind, like for how high schoolers wanted like to see themselves in high school. That's how they wanted to see themselves, right? But no, it's not a fact of reality. Right. All. Realities but are a lot more boring. It was it was entertaining. I mean, yeah, it was entertaining. I guess mm-hmm. uh, why Spicoli was even in the movie, I have no idea because you know he's having pizza delivered to or class. Also, and like, even calling him the main character feels completely yeah like, because he's he's. Basically, yeah. I, I, if, I, if I had to say a main character, it would probably be Jennifer Jason Lee's character. Uh, yeah. I forgot her name. Jennifer Jason Lee's character. Not Linda, character. it's the other one, ain't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Stacey Hamilton or yeah, Brad Stacey. Hamilton are like the main characters in my mind. Right. Those two are the, the brother and sister. Co- right. leads in that film, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. Um, because I think it's more of her journey uh, than it is about Spicoli. Yeah. Uh, and the most human of the characters, the most developed of the characters, easily. Because every other character has like kind of like a one-note kind of part about them. Right. Did yeah. I like it? Uh, mm-hmm. If if I was gonna rate this on a scale of one to five, maybe maybe a two, maybe two and a half. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It it just it was just okay to me. You know what I mean? And I guess maybe because it's dated, and I haven't seen it in a long time, and and. You know, it's just it's just a lot of raunchy sex stuff it's, in it. It's, you know it's what raunchy I mean? it's, and like and now point like raunchy in the eighties is now gross now in a lot of ways. Like, right, like, right, like for this film specifically, like the first half hour for me, half hour of this movie for me is almost insufferable. Like I felt kind of like grossed out because at this point, like like the the like the guy who had sex with uh, with uh, uh, Stacy, like when he says like, Stacy's line, she's only fifteen in the movie, and like the guy's twenty six or twenty nine. Yeah, that's really gross. Yeah, to me. she sneaks out of her parents. There's house there's no part of me where I overlooked that. Like, like that's like the same song where like the, she's only seventeen. You know what I mean? Like that's not no. <laughs> Don't do that. You're an adult, right? And that's gross to me. That that makes me uncomfortable. And everything about that really got me the wrong way. And like the first half hour, like I had to like stop. Like I don't want to watch this right now. And I come back and like force myself to get through that first half hour and then like everything else makes fun of how like immature that was where I felt like the film redeemed itself in my mind to be a little bit more approachable right but, and that's why I gave it the I, extra half the two yeah, and a half stars I, that's what I mean yeah but, uh, that extra half star at the end where it's like it's decent did it, have, did it have some funny moments in it sure mm-hmm. um, a lot of famous actors and actresses in it yeah. Phoebe Cates was beautiful yeah uh, Jennifer Jason Lee was beautiful you know what I mean and, and but you know just to you know, I like the fact that you had the scalper guy 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you even had where the one guy wanted to take uh, well, Stacy out or whatever, and uh, he forgot his wallet at home. You know, yes. he had to call us. He's like, he's like, calls his the guy up. He's like, hey, I need you to bring my wallet. He's like, dude, I'm kind of busy here. And he's watching the TV? rerun of Leave It to Beaver <laughs> on TV. You know what I mean? So. Um, <laughs> It's probably a movie I won't watch very many more times, uh, just because once you've seen it, you know, it's stuck with you, you know what I mean? That, yeah. But it is what it is, so the, a lot of uh, people growing up, that was the go-to movie to watch, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can see why everyone was so infatuated right. when it came out, for sure. I right. can see why. But it's like, it's not that time anymore, though. It really right. isn't. It's time to shine, it's gone. <laughs> so, uh, Kyle, uh, the next movie we're going to be doing next week is... we. Do you think this one was bad? We This is a bad in a different way. We went to Dracula Dead and Loving It from 1995, the great Mel Brooks comedy spoofing uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Dracula, which we thought would be funny since we just watched and covered Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, so we got some stuff to say about it next week. So mm-hmm. thanks for listening. If you want to follow us on the social media, uh, we are the Tragedy Cinema Podcast uh, group on Facebook. Uh, Twitter. Kyle almost has a TikTok ready, always I heard. TikTok ready. Always, always has TikTok ready. <laughs> you know, you're going to surprise me one of these days and be like, hey, I did Actually. It. Yeah. Actually, I did have one. Yeah. Um, I had done some TikTok research. If you want to leave us a review on uh, iTunes or uh, wherever you listen, uh, that's fine, too. I'll read them on the air. Good, bad, and Good, ugly. bad, in between, ugly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, bad, and Kyle. That's what they do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, this person just wrote hate crimes on here. We can't uh, read these. Um, <laughs> I insist. No. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, we're working on some stuff. Um, also, tomorrow, uh, the uh, Twilight Zone series season two kicks off with uh, ADZ and me. Uh, so those will be coming out on Thursday. So it'll be Twilight Zone Thursdays. And then uh, Tuesdays should be releasing the Universal Monster series. Uh, we already released one yesterday, The Son of Frankenstein. And then the next week will be Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman. So. Uh, my dad came along to help us with those uh, this year, so he's having a good time, even though he can't pronounce some of the names. Spherical. He's just a Spherical. good time and have fun, so if you want to chuckle, listen to those, too. Always a treat. So, Well, with that being said, I think this episode's coming to a close, and that's a wrap. All right, and cut.